give it to me? Two, three, four. Oh, wow. <laughs> get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You fucker, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your hate and let it flow into me. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! Hello, <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> oh, sickos! Oh, the old Chris Keeper is a little under the weather today. Uh, picked up a little bug that's been going around town. Oh well, the show must go on. Um, this month's movie is a tribute to the late George Romero. The Crazies. This moo-moo-movie toofy-goofy-gooly-goulash what what? Um, this film is about a small town hall in oats and nuts and honey glazed ham and eggs Benedict Arnold Ziffle. What? Hey. Somebody's at the door. Oh, it's some army guys. Oh, maybe they have my flu shot for me. This is perfect. Hey, guys! Check out my chainsaw! everyone and welcome to the vault the starling monster horror tales of terror i am one of your hosts mr jace jackanetti and i'm joined by my brother mr luke jackanetti it just amazes me how shoddy this operation is (laughs) (laughs) well uh, am i talking about the movie am i talking about the podcast you'll have to listen to find out maybe a little of both (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i'm also joined by the hair metal hero chris tyler Silly rabbit, Trixies are for kids. Oh. <laughs> and of course, one of the OGs, Chris Honeywell. Oh. That's it. <laughs> oh. And uh, so right now, obviously, you know exactly what we're talking about. Because sure. what, why wouldn't anybody? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> It's, a, it's like the only thing Chris was if it, this would have been a great line hello, hello? or this one yes you know uh, what a laugh right there um, but we're talking about folks we're talking about uh, uh, George Romero's 1973 The Crazies yes the original Crazies um, the G- George Romero's movie that originally was called Project Trixie um, and that's where one of the references obviously uh, uh, Hero was talking about there uh, the nice thing about this movie, um, if some people don't know, is that uh, it was made for like a dollar. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah um, you know, I mean, just to start with a real quick fact. Uh, you know, all those white suits 
uh, you, they used them really well because a lot of the people in those white suits were high school kids from the local high school. <laughs> Not kidding. That's George how, Romero. How easy was this movie? There's no, you know, you need some people in cops and military outfits. Um, you find a small town, and there you have, and then you have your sets. You have the do- the doctor's office and the high school, and then just generally everything, you know. Anything that has a good sized parking lot <laughs> anywhere in the town you can use. Well, it was it was actually filmed in Evan City and what's that? Consequences C O N N O Q U E N E S S I N G. What the fuck is that the hell it's supposed to say? Pennsylvania. Consequences, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's a fucking Pennsylvania name. Anyway, Consequences, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So Every um, most of the movie was obviously there's there's obviously some actors in it that you might recognize from other '70s movies and from you know whatever. And then there's a lot of people in white suits who were high school kids and whatever. And actually, there are no Hollywood stuntmen used at all. The actual uh, local firemen and licensed fireworks professionals handled all the action sequences, including the creation oh, and employment of all the blood. Well, no, anytime there was blood squibs and stuff like that, they didn't actually use oh. that. It was done by locals. The whole movie was done. This is there nothing more that says George Romero, um, at least early George Romero, than like, huh, who's around? That's <laughs> you know, kind of thing. It's like, I mean, that's like in *Night of the Living Dead*. It's always we want it's some funny. donuts and cold cuts. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Right, the original *Night of the Living Dead*. They film it, right? They basically got whoever they could, and like everyone's like, wow, they used Dwayne Jones because Dwayne Jones was the only one who could act. Out of all of them, he's the one who had the most acting experience. He became the lead. Nothing to do with him being black. Nothing to do with anything else. He's the one who could act the best. So they put well, him in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so well, let, uh, let me let me just preface uh, preface this by saying the reason why uh, our motivation for covering the crazies, of course, this is our tribute show to the late great George Romero. And I know what you're thinking, guys. Why didn't you do a zombie movie? And it's like, well, everybody else was doing a zombie movie, so we wanted mm-hmm. to uh, go in a different direction. And uh, I just got apparently a notification. Uh, so just, we wanted to go in a different direction and, uh, and and take a look at one of Romero's films. That's it's uh, the Crazies. I think is one of those films that's highly regarded when uh, discussed among genre fans. And mm-hmm. like if you read like serious critical stuff about Romero, they talk about the Crazies. But uh, Joe Bloggs on the street doesn't remember this movie. You know, they might remember the remake, they but think I doubt the it. Remake, that remake, yeah. but, that, but that remake came and went so quick and didn't make much of an impact. Um, whereas I, a lot of people, I was like amazed remember... that it got made. I'm like, where did yeah. they, you know, I mean, is there a demand for, <laughs> for this? Well, the, the thing, mean, and the thing about premise to, yeah, to do again, and the, I'll say oh, that the yeah. premise is, is, is just as relevant now as it was in 1973. Oh. Uh, and a lot of the thematic elements that are in this film that are kind of typical of Romero's work from the seventies, um, you know, science versus the military, you know, the distrust of government, uh, you know, uh, sta- you know, you gotta if you can't gotta look out for yourself because nobody else is gonna look out for you. That kind of stuff really still works, and so I can I can understand the premise there. But but we wanted to take a look at. Like I said I think this one is one that gets forgotten about uh, by general audiences a lot. It's you know it, it's usually that one is like oh after Night of the Living Dead Romero made the Crazies and then worked on Dawn of the Dead. You know that it's it's that little footnote. Right, it's a really right. so, it's a really good film and it has a well, lot worth discussing. So that's why we the, decided to cover this. This one, one and Hungry Wives or season, or also known as Season of the Witch and Night Riders mm-hmm. all sort of get 
Ignored. Yeah, Knight Riders especially gets really forgotten because you you look at the premise and you see the commercial and you're like, no. It doesn't look like, yeah, it's like that doesn't look like <laughs> and a then horror movie. And saw Bruiser because that was like partially a foreign film, so. I yeah. love Bruiser. I do too. I haven't seen it <laughs> oh, yet. Yeah. That's yeah. Mo- that modern, yeah, modern Romero is even a more, you know, crazy yeah. bag of stuff. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like with those things, I mean, that's a movie. Again, a lot of these you have to search out. Um, I know, you know. I mean, obviously, everyone you kind of know his dead movies and Dawn of the Dead. Um, I mean, Night of the Living Dead. You know, everyone sees his public domains all over the place. Dawn of the Dead. Um, when Anchor Bay started putting out the special editions and this edition and that cut and this cut, you know, kind of thing. And then um, because a lot of those things were not available, readily available because they were not in public domain. I mean, Night of the Living Dead. Is always in every DVD and tape mm-hmm. set and every they always throw that movie in because they have that knows that the rights were never, you know, properly taken care of. Um, but you know, movies like The Crazies and and uh, even even Martin and things like that, those movies just aren't seen because they just aren't you know, they they they're just they weren't readily available. And now that they are, um, well, the more available I should say, um, you know, it's able people to see it. And I think what happened was in 2010 when the remake was made it brought some attention back to this movie because people were like the crazies and they're like, it would come up and like, it's a remake. And it's like, because everything in 2010 was a remake. I mean, like they, there was during the cycle of remakes. I thought this and was one they, of the better, that the, the crazies was one of the better remakes too. And, and oh, of course nobody the, the paid 2010 attention to one? it. Yeah. The 2010 one. Yeah. yeah I, I, I remember that. seeing it and going, this is not too bad. It's, it's comparable to the original. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely, um, you know, updates the story to being 2010 because this movie, if you didn't know this was the 70s, yeah, it's the 70s. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know it's the 70s. Well, this, you know it's the I mean, 70s. This movie holds a real special place in my heart because this is sort of, when I was a little kid, that's sort of mm-hmm. what my town was like. The the people that are, you see, want all the all the real town extras in this movie look like all the kids who were like in high school when I was in elementary school. And, you know, in the store, the adults look like the people I'd see in the stores and with my parents, so. Well, I guess, you know, think about this. If Since, even though this was technically his first union-made movie, he used local people from Pittsburgh, and he used the locals from Evans City and the towns around there. So, this looked like, I mean, I mean, it's shot in Evans City with people who live in Evans City, so, they don't, it's, and it's a real fire department being used and a real police department. It's all the real people who live in these towns. So, you know, it looks like a real town because he's just using that. He's not filling up the town with good-looking actors brought in from other people. You know, he has some actors in there, but most of the people, even the actors he got, it wasn't like he went and got big-name, uh, you know, um, actresses or actors. He just got guys who fit the roles. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, what the heck is his name? The the um, uh, the, the David. Uh, his name's William yeah. Well, they remind yeah. me of John Carpenter heroes. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, he was. He's. Yeah, he was in the Enforcer. He's Lieutenant Dobbs in the Enforcer. Um, you know, couldn't and what in '76, but he was on General Hospital for years. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things that they they are not. It's not like it's an you know you, you see him you're like oh I recognize that guy but I recognize him obviously from the Crazies and he's also obviously from the Enforcer but that's what he was. You know, he's a face you kind of recognize because he looks like a normal looking face, you know, in, in, in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just just this is telling right here on the Wikipedia page, looking at the cast, only five people have uh, Wikipedia entries. 
And one of those is Richard France, who is um, he is uh, he's the doctor. He's Dr. Watts. You may remember him as playing the exact same role in Dawn of the Dead a couple of years later. Uh, on TV. On TV. <laughs> on TV. Yeah. And then also in we another must one of our treat our this movie. like a medical infection. And, and one eye uh, less. But, uh, yes. but actually, Richard Francis is best known actually as an essayist and a and a writer than as an, an actor. He, uh, him and Romero are friends is how he gets these gigs mostly. But he looks you know, like um, his. But he he was better with an eye patch. But he was fun in this movie. Oh, he's great. great. This goes to the point that there's not a lot of people that have, you know, yes, some they, that they don't have, uh, you know, even in the age of every single thing. What, what do they call it? The uh, there's that one Pokemon that um, that that uh, if, if this Pokemon deserves a Wikipedia page, then this guy deserves a Wikipedia page, you know. And uh, so even in that, even in, with that criterion, most of the actors in this film don't have Wikipedia pages, so they're less famous <laughs> than random Pokemon. So mm. um, yeah, but that, but again, that that's that's Romero's thing. Romero's not a guy that's gonna go out and cast. Know, the A-list people, because frankly, a lot of A-list people wouldn't work for George Romero and probably wouldn't, especially in 1973. You know, he was just <laughs> that guy from, you know, that, that guy from Pittsburgh at that point still. Night of the Living Dead was a hit, but it wasn't, it wasn't, oh my God, Night of the Living Dead like it is now, you know? Well, yeah. like, like a smart filmmaker, he used it all to his advantage. You know, he, it, it all added to the feel of, it added to the semi-documentary yeah, this is somewhere that. between like a horror procedural and Doctor Strange Love, done on a, on a two dollar budget. It's even got when Johnny yeah. comes marching home again, like in, <laughs> in like almost the same version as in Doctor Strange Love, and like the music, the music ninety percent of the music is just somebody playing a military, military tattoo, tattoo on a drum, yeah. or or yeah. there's or if it's the cars are driving fast, somebody plays a banjo. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the one of the things I want to point out because uh, I mean I know she doesn't last that long. I mean she's halfway through the movie. Uh, Lynn Laurie um, here, uh, Lynn, yeah, she's um, if you remember nice. Shivers, she's she's uh, the she's nurse she's uh, nurse Foresight from Shivers. Um, here, obviously she I mean she's clearly insane. The 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 the, the incestual rape scene is kind of Kathy. Yeah, yeah, just the incestual rape scene is really kind of weird. Um, but uh, but she was actually in I Drink Your Blood, um, and then obviously she was in Shivers, which is where I know her from. But she also showed up later on the Cat People, and she's been she's been making movies the whole way through, you know. And then she did a bunch of TV and stuff. Um, she was on episodes here and there as a special guest. And then she later made movies. Now, when uh, when you see her now, she was actually in the remake of the Crazies as the woman on the bike, and then you know whatever. But it's just funny because when I when I see her, um, and obviously I know her from the Crazies, um, and then I and I and I and I was like, that's that lady, that's the girl from Shivers, and it is. And then when I finally saw I I drink your blood, she's a very small role there, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the same girl. Like it's funny because she's not like a, a name actress. She's like, Oh man, that's, you can tell me her name necessarily off the top of her head. Sorry for listening, but I didn't know your name off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> but the idea, she ain't listening. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she looks problem, like she should be in, in Dario Argento movies to me. That's what she does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's got that yeah. super thin look going on. Yeah. That, that, well, that way, <laughs> that wafy hippie girl yeah. look. Uh, Space that, cadet. Yeah, and you can just imagine her voice being dubbed by someone with, you know, a couple of octaves lower. Than oh, her. no, you know what it is? She's fucking Janice from the Muppets. 
<laughs> like, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, oh, they, they tell me I have to wear clothes, man. But I'm like, why are you keeping me down? Uh, <laughs> that one of the Janet. lines from there? Yes, that's in, uh, that's in the great, what, great Muppet Caper. Right, they, yeah. They're all arguing. I don't think I don't think my clothes aren't optional, man. It's out of nowhere. So, oh, man, Jim Henson. But anyway. But I'm saying. Think about it. I mean, so so this, this so she was in a movie directed by you know Romero, obviously very early on, but it's still Romero. And the other is Cronenberg. I mean, like Dario Argento would not be that far stretched to be in one of you know no. saying so, uh, you know, because it's like you think about it. Like I mean, uh, I mean, two guys who make movies that are not your normal fare, you know, I man, definitely, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and like to do so, things cheap. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. But the thing about well, but the, you know, the thing with with the crazies is that you know the like I said the cast looks appropriate because like I say it's small town Pennsylvania. You know, all of us originally are from the Northeast. We know small towns exactly like this. Chris, you were saying this yeah. basically was your town you grew up in. Yeah. You know, I mean that's that's the the you know that that's what makes this to me. That's what really drives home the horror aspects of this because this starts out right out of the gate with we find the guy has killed his wife and is setting his house on fire with his kids inside of it, you know? And so it, it there's no, there's no setup. There's no, Oh, it, let's establish some characters in the backstory. No you know, it's there's right nothing. In. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it opens cold. Right. Just so right, right into right in. like, what's going on? <laughs> so, so like you say, this is that documentarian. And so having everybody, you know, look, not look like actors. It drives home really the horror of this. It's almost like a, like a Johnny Craig drawn segment in the vault of horror or something, you know, whereas, you know, Craig was always great about showing horrors in everyday normal things. Well, that's what this is. This literally is a town that's gone crazy, a nice small town that's gone insane. And people are doing all these awful, horrible things to their friends, neighbors, and family. And, you know, that, yeah. that really is what is, is, to me, was the driving horror aspect of this. Now, I mean, obviously, there, there's a lot of themes in this, like I said earlier, about science and the military and, you know, the government and, and you know, the way that the government will handle a crisis situation. So, you know, there's a line later that, you know, you don't know. It's typical Army. You don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it, you know. And, it's, and that was yeah. – that, that, that's always been one of Romero's, uh, you know, uh, themes in all of his films. So that, that, like I said, that, to me watching it this, because it had been probably a good 10 years since I had watched The Crazies. But, you know, just at my life situation now and looking at that was the part that really kind of, you know, it, it, it struck me. And this is one of those ones that once it gets going, it moves and suddenly you're, you're, you're coming up on the end because it's nonstop. Even the, you know, just give me two or three of the really up numbers, even the down bits of this move along real quick and there's a lot going on. So you're you're kind of caught up in it, really, and you know you just go. You're kind of along for the ride for most of this. The other thing I, I thought was interesting about this is, you know, Chris, you had said, oh, there's action sequences. You know, really for '73, the whole sequence with them, with the helicopter chasing them through the woods, and then the shootout in the woods for 1973 Romero, that's really ambitious, and that's yeah. really well done. I mean, especially the whole bit with the helicopter when you get down to the fact that they're both veterans and now now, the, now thematically the roles have been reversed and now they're the enemy combatants on the ground being hunted down by men in helicopters. I mean, you don't need to have, you know, you don't need to have listened to every episode of Tom Panarese's In Country to see the irony here, you know? Right. So, yeah. but, it, well, but it's, it's really, just from a technical standpoint, really well done. And working with helicopters is always difficult. And, you know, to work on a small budget with a helicopter, I thought that was really just a really well done sequence all around. 
Yeah, yeah and, and it wasn't just obviously a helicopter flew over and he filmed it and then it's like, okay, quick, cut it in, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> no, uh, I'm not saying that George Romero wouldn't have done that. No, no matter how small that. his budget is, <clears throat> you can always see his brain working. You know, you can always yeah. see if he, he, he realizes like when he has limitations and he actually thinks about it and and tries to make it work. So you can like, I mean, this movie's filled with some bad like ADR and, you know, the some of the dubbing, like post dubbing and stuff is is really bad. One of the and and uh, it's funny because like, really, he could have uh, really thrown a lot there is a lot of opportunity in this movie to for it to be very gory like night of the living dead which is sort of like where he made his reputation and there th- this very well could have been just sort of eh, a different version of night of the living dead you know except this time they have a virus instead of you know our zombies brought back from the dead but it could it could have been just basically night of the living dead all over again and he chose to completely not do that, you know. I mean, blood squibs, and then one of the worst headshots, gun headshots ever committed to film, where the head just sort of tips off the bot. Where, it, it, where they say when when someone says they blow somebody's head off, that means their head explodes when the bullet hits it. Not, not the bullet hits it, and then just the head sort of snaps off the neck off. and falls backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but for every crap scene like that, there's something that's deeply aff- affecting. Like when the when the priest torches himself, and they're they're cribbing on the, uh, you know, the famous photo of the uh, the monk there lighting himself on fire. It's like, yeah. it's kind of hard not. I mean, like that's that's some strong medicine right there. You know? Well, he's I also mean, when you know, when when that scene goes on, like the the reactions to it are great because like there's there's people who are like infected and crazy and they're just like whatever and then there's people reacting in horror and then there's the people you don't quite know you know that's the that's the creepiest part of this movie is he's he like he it it was very much i think jason brought it up a couple episodes again that um the signal the movie the signal Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like that where there's there's a moment with with this virus that's going around where you don't quite know if the person you're dealing with is all there or not, or, you know, or where they're going, you know? They could just be tired and stressed out, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they could also they just could be also getting be ready to put job, knitting right? needles into your chest. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I lo- I, th- this movie, like, watching it again, I watched it back in 2010, and watching it again, it's like you can see some of the, the 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 seeds of dawn of the dead uh like the dynamic between the two guys and the wife sort of against everybody yeah. else and even the way the guys sort of look just that sort of thing and um you know and li- and being like I'm doing Doctor Strange love but I'm not it's not sa- it's satirical but it's dark s- satire well <laughs> not that Doctor Strange love wasn't dark but it's not a comedy <laughs> at all <laughs> no <laughs> the, and, I, I, and, and I do love I I do love the first time we get to see the, the the government officials all sitting in the room the first thing they go to this is 1973 mind you well we have to prep a nuclear weapon to drop on the town 
Yep. <laughs> and they're always That's eating. First option. That's, like, <laughs> like, like, well, hold <laughs> off on hold off on the nuke for about ten minutes, guys. Right. And here's the thing about two dollar movies too is is we know that like it's like ooh a nuke could be a, a really expensive special effect and then you're like oh god damn it they could just use stock footage or they could just flash a flash bulb into the white. screen and the yeah. end, freeze frame at the end you know so it's yeah. like yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, hero said it they're always eating too and the, it's just the military guy everybody in that oh there's so many bulb. coffee and cigarettes in this movie yeah. there's coffee and cigarettes well, everywhere ashtrays every and and the ashtrays also to george romero's or whoever was doing the set there probably george romero the ashtrays fill up as the movie goes on you know you see the one guy smoking and then he just looks over and he like tap puts it out in the empty ashtray and then like three scenes later the ashtrays like just half full of butts <laughs> and he's just yeah. like he's just like yeah there's a chance I might catch this, but there's I cannot smoke through this mask. Therefore, off comes the mask. Yeah. This is seven yeah. years I'm smoking. Yeah. Well, cigarette the, smoke will kill the virus. Yeah. I swear. The, uh, but I'm saying the uh, like the, the when, when they're all in the, in the back wherever they are, and the, the government quote unquote when they're all there, like the guy's just eating like he's peeling an orange. Like they're just eating a sandwich, having coffee. Like they're just they're deciding they're gonna wipe out an entire town. We're gonna kill everyone, but you know whatever. I'm not gonna slow down my first. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and the best is the line where they said this has been in the water for a week. You think some truck driver hasn't come through here and brought it along somewhere else? And it's like anybody, any yeah. no, no one's gonna put that. <laughs> okay, you know, like it's the most logical line in the entire thing. It's like you think this you can contain this by just closing on this town, mm. but you think no one's been through it's, this town. It's one of those movies. that's an exercise in foobar, you know. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything logical is going down in a second. Well, it's like with the doctors, like I've got the cure. It's like, oh, you're doomed now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't friggin' tell the other. He won't tell her. It's like, well, what is it? Ah, oh, I don't know how to tell you. Yeah, well, but we don't. We don't. But we don't know if she's infected or not either at that point, too. Or him. Or him. So yeah. who knows what the yeah. hell's going on? You know, the. the well, the, that's because phrase... he's like, I can see something. And then she's like, you know, I didn't even think of that because he was like, I could. Can you see it? She's like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And right, and yeah. then and then he he ignores procedure to run out there. So he might have been infected because that was really poor judgment. And he's one of those big blustery guys that prides himself in having judgment while everybody else is a moron. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, he also didn't want to follow any of the procedures. Like, right. I don't want to do the voice print. I don't want to keep doing this. Like, we got it. Everyone knows. Time. Don't want to... I need a real laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like, when, when's my stuff going to get here? Two days. Two days. Two days. <laughs> two weeks. It ain't going to matter. <laughs> it's like, all right, Pirate Pete, what the hell? Well, Dude, that's, chill out. that's <laughs> why he got that role, because that's that guy. Yeah. They're like, I... I have a friend, actually, who looks just like him and who actually has an eye patch because he only has one eye. <laughs> And oh, that's how know. I would yeah. use him in a movie too, because that's what you do with a big bearded bellowing guy like that. You, you have them. You big bearded bastard! I, I was get in here. Say, you, you either you either do that or you have him yell, "Gordon's alive!" You know? Take this walkie-talkie <laughs> microphone and chew on it. Chew the hell out of it. Go. They prod prod him with sticks to make him angry and run the roll the cameras. But the the line the the phrase that I wrote down in my notes and hero hero will will um, will appreciate and understand this, you know that there, there's a lyric in a Megadeth song called "Military Intelligence." Two words combined that can't make sense, and that is the definition of the military in this movie because they 
You know, that that is military intelligence. They do things because that's the procedure. Why are we doing it? Because the procedure says we do it. And and of of a, I mean, there was a lot of anti-military uh, and anti-government filmmakers in the '70s. A lot of the new wave guys were like this. Romero doesn't get lumped in this way because he was a genre guy, but Romero was one of the most, uh, you know, vitriolic guys yeah. to speak out against the government and the military, especially. And this movie is is one of his most, you know, biggest statements against the military and everything. That no, but none of the none of the soldiers in this come off good. None of no. them do. The well, only ones we even remotely the come off. Well, okay. the one guy let her go back for her doll. Yeah, is my my dolly. He does let her get the doll. Well, but, but the, you know, the, the we, soldiers we are the... also like they're also in that situation where, like, they're they're all in they're they're like stormtroopers basically because they're yeah. made anonymous, yeah. and everybody everybody around them is crazy and killing each other. So you 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 know you you're in the hostile situation but at the same time they're just bored schlubs too i I like that this movie doesn't really have a you know who the bad guy is in this movie the u.s government is the only person that you can pin bad intent on and that's because like you you know the one moment where he's like well this vaccine and he's like no this wasn't a vaccine this was made as a weapon that's yeah that's the only time there's really like a truly bad intentioned you know person out for evil that isn't infected you know that isn't crazy so it's like it's one of those things where everybody's kind of sympathetic and most everybody except for a couple people are still kind of pricks <laughs> yeah. which makes well, it fun the, and you know but we got the soldiers you know looting the bodies and you know using people for target practice and S- stealing through people's stuff and fishing, all that so it's like poles yeah he takes the fishing yeah. pole it's so absurd but it's like but you know that's that that's what that that's i would expect nothing less from romero especially in 73 you know we're we're we're, we're on the now now we're on the the tail end of nam you know the well the, for a 1973 movie it's amazing that this movie did not end with a nuke getting dropped you know, because that's yeah. where an, any 1973 movie is going to end with like, oh, everybody's dead. It's almost it, worse than that. Though. Yes, yeah, yes, it is. He, yeah, because he gives he gives them a way out and then takes it away from them immediately. You know, in, in typical Romero fashion again. You know, again, if this like you said, you could see the seeds of Dawn of the Dead in this movie. That's part of it, too. It's like there's there's ostensibly a way that they can all work out, but nope, not going to work out. He left it open for a sequel because they they do hint that the one protagonist might be immune. Yeah. So, you know, and he's, you know, he's sort of stuck in the group. He's still alive and just sort of being cynical at the end and stuck in with all the infected people. And, And then they report another outbreak somewhere else. So it's like, he was definitely like, well, if I make a lot of money with this, you know. <laughs> the uh, uh, not one of them. The thing is, they, and they, that's what they say to him. You want you want to test this guy, test him for whatever. He goes, just stick him with the rest. Yeah. So it's just that complete. Just get him in there. That's you a know? good test, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the, the, the if if they are infected, they'll kill. Mm-hmm. Whoever they don't care if you're infected, not infected. They're they're just killing people, or they're just going completely insane, you know, kind of thing. And then um, I I got the I, I got the impression that they were calling the violent ones and the the insane ones the ones that just ended up like oh, I'm a butterfly. They're like, okay, we're gonna like 
have to have a special secret hospital unit for these to take care of these guys for the rest of their life. Yeah. But yeah. well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, the uh, the the inclusion of the 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 incestual scene there, like yeah. when they're like, it's just weird. Like I understand what's trying to show there, and that's very. But it's just like I mean, I that's the one. I mean, I again, I've seen this movie a couple of times. I just didn't remember that. Like I remember it being like, okay, I don't remember full on that they actually were like having sex, and I'm like, oh, well, they were having they were having Captain Kirk sex where everybody had their pants and their dress down and everything like that. So it was probably some some... yeah, that's where you you mash your face into the woman, you know that that was you know. Right. So, so just... whether we just had whether we just had some either way, whether it was real sex or just yeah, either way, it's pretty grinding. Gross, right? It's yeah. pretty cre- it's pretty creepy and disturbing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sells yeah. it sells how crazy the virus makes you, right? Well, well that's I mean, the thing. And then the person the, the the person who confronts them on it and breaks it up is also gone crazy, but he's yeah. got enough grip on reality to be like yo man that's sick <laughs> and, and, the, and the father has just enough grip on reality to to at some point go like yes it was where's my necktie you know <laughs> so i thought I, I like i thought that scene came out of nowhere the first time i saw it but this time I was sort of watching the father and daughter's interaction, and you know they had the one scene where the father's like, you know, no boyfriends are good enough for her and stuff. So you were maybe seeing a little bit of something ugly buried in there, and and like then you had the aspect of dead mother, you know. So the daughter probably looks well, like I, the I, mother. I get all that. I the get father could have gone crazy and thought that that she was her mother when they were teenagers or something. Who knows what was going yeah. on? But it was just basically like. Yeah, cats and dogs are living together now. Massive story. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, and I, I just I'm just saying is I just totally forgot that that was like I'm like oh oh shit like I knew there was something but you know it's one of those things in a movie full of enough crazy crap happening I just didn't that didn't stand out it's not one of the things I remembered being like oh okay standing out to me but I was like oh and it stood out this time because. Like, oh, yeah, this is when this is going to happen, and here comes the choppers, and here comes this. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that, you know, kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like you know, it's like a movie you've seen. I mean, I haven't seen this, like, you know, hundreds of times, but a movie you've seen, and you kind of know everything that's going to happen, but it's just like you forget, like, little, you forget a little bit here parts. and there. And it, yeah, 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 so. But. I just yeah, like man. the little touches. I like, like, it, after his, his wife gets shot and uh, – you know, the guys are running after him, and one of the guys just runs up, and it's just this kid. He's like, oh, I didn't know it was you, coach. And yeah, he just sits man. down all confused. It, it, that just struck me very much like a moment out of, like, a Stephen King book. You know, just uh-huh. this absurd moment where, you know, someone comes out really violent and then just turns. And, yeah, it, there, it's full of nice little touches like that, and... The the scene in the beginning that the the nudity in the movie it, with the with his with him and his wife in bed is just a yeah. it's it's very well filmed and it's like there's like a warmth completely non erotic yes it's not no, it's, there's a yeah. warmth and it's just yeah it's not it's, sexy it's, it's just that's no just it's two it's, normal people it's a couple and it, and it, and it sets it up and it sets it up really well like there's there was a little chemistry between the actor and the actress and they seem like a real couple. And uh, that that goes. I mean, just that that scene goes a long way to throw tension in for the rest of the movie because 
you know, those are the two characters that you're valuing their relationship and you just both you're rooting for both of them. You know, they they make they make his partner up enough of a, a, a dick that you can like, OK, <laughs> yeah, it's just very, very, very well thought out. The other thing that, that I said earlier that I thought this movie was still thematically very timely is the that a, a good portion of the early stages of this film is conflict between the military and the armed civilian populace. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, oh, this is this is a, a left wing commentary, a right wing commentary. But isn't that pretty much what we're told on a daily basis? now is going to be with the inevitable, you know, what's inevitably going to happen at some point is that, uh, you know, the, the government's going to take up arms against their own people and it's down to the armed civilian populace to defend themselves, whichever well, side of that issue you fall on. And it's like, you know, all, and, and, and you I know, where they the are pragmatic, in rural Pennsylvania, <laughs> there's going to be lots of good dudes with guns. I think we all know that to be true. <laughs> I, 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 fall, I fall on the, the, the common sense version of that is you're, you're always outgunned by, by the military. In 1973... The civilians could still could put up a m- much more of a fight, and and you had like you had them ver- like saying, "Look, some these guys are farmers; they're all going to have guns, and they're going to know how to use them." And blah blah blah. And they were more worried about it than you know. I mean, the with 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 the arms that we have now, you know, even with the arms that civilians have, you're just not gonna. <laughs> It's it's not going to be the same sort of response as 1973. Of... Well, the other thing, too, is in 1973, like, it's not like nowadays where communication is instantaneous and everything like that. Right. Like, I mean, they got to do a voice print. So if something bad happened, they're like, OK, hit a voice print. So it's five minutes before you can even call for help. Right. It's all you know 1973 like... secret technology and, and, and a voice yeah. print. 19. I mean, a voice print is something you could do on your your cell phone instantaneously yeah. now. Yeah, and right. yeah, and there would be helicopters with you know, I mean, basically, uh, right now, if it, if it was this situation, the government could basically deal with the civilians without even getting in range of the civilians. They could, we could, they could that's have right. drones circling. That's right. The town now, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, but you know, the 2010 one did uh, approach that more, you know, in a modern sort of way, and 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 did it. Def. I have to watch it again. I don't remember too much about it. Other than I was like, this is this movie is comparable in like, act, actually it has a better, you know, they got a bigger budget, even you know, <laughs> you know they they, yeah. they got fifty well, or sixty dollars yeah. basically <laughs> to do the, that this one, and uh, but it it had the same spirit as as this one, yeah, which they totally didn't have to because probably the people they were trying to reach for it never even heard of this movie <laughs> and would not would not really care yeah but you know that but ultimately what i what i think the takeaway from this is if you only know uh romero from like the dead movies or creep show or you know that kind of stuff you really do kind of owe it to yourself to watch this because this is in 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 so many ways like you said this is not only you can see the origins for some of his later stuff, especially Dawn of the Dead. But this is just such a Romero story. You know, this is such a story that George Romero would be the guy to tell. And he does a really good job with it of telling this story literally of a town gone crazy. You know, and that that's what this story ultimately is. You know, the details notwithstanding, this is a small town USA has gone has gone bonkers, batshit crazy. 
and and it's like I said, it, it's it's alternately a like a procedural, it's alternately an action movie, it's alternately a horror movie, and it works on all these levels. So you know th- this really is primo Romero filmmaking, and you know deserves to be watched and viewed in the, in that light, and not just be like I said earlier. Oh, this is the one he made between night and dawn, you know, and it it and it real like I said. So th- this was this was a great opportunity to rewatch this film because it really is a, a well made taut little movie that deserves to, to a wider uh, awareness, I think. And you know, unfortunately, with uh, you know Romero's uh, passing. You know, uh, may, maybe that'll be the impetus for some folks to check this movie out for the, you know, maybe for the first time. Maybe they only know Romero from the dead movies or whatever. So hopefully that, uh, you know, if nothing else, maybe our little podcast can help with that as well. And it yeah. sits on YouTube, too. So it's just sort of hanging out there. It's hanging yeah. out. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Netflix and chill. It's time for YouTube and woohoo. Just oh, YouTube and woohoo. Water. Water. <laughs> just don't drink the water, yeah. Don't drink the water. Don't feed the plants. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's on YouTube, and the thing is, if you were looking, because it, it never came out in a Blu-ray, it only came out on DVD, which is the DVD I have, which is what I watched. Um, and then there, like on Amazon, if you were to go to the True True Freaks website and use the link, uh, you know, you can buy it used on Amazon. It's, I, mean, I guess they have it new, but it's kind of pricey new. About 10 bucks used, you know, kind of thing. Um, but this is one of those, it was, um, I want to say it's blue underground. It is blue underground. Um, Will Lusting's company, uh, that uh, he just started putting out movies that, um, you know, people were like, well, you know, we need, uh, you know, they were looking for obviously, uh, films that made sense, um, to put out through his, uh, distribution there. And that's one of them. And it's, 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 it's a really good, I mean, the, the print on the, uh, the print you're going to find online is the exact same print as on the DVD. It's taken from the same source material, so I was going to uh, say know, this well might not be one of those movies where it's like, let's go back to the vaults and dig out this uh, no. the original footage and restore this. <laughs> yeah, no, no. What I'm saying though is um, the the one that's on the, the copy design because seen that that YouTube has it as well. It's the it's taken from the DVD. There is no other cut of this. There is no well, other print of this. Say, there yeah, is no nothing else. It. Yeah, yeah, the, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So. so you get what you get. Just, you don't get upset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. Yep. Somewhere George Romero might have a storage space full of cans or something like that, but I somehow doubt that he has <laughs> the, the the resources of like, uh, well, the big Hollywood studios like, d- never had enough room to deal with stuff. I just had I had an idea of what a great alternate universe would have been, when I, I, I'm reading a book about the making of Dune. And they were just talking about, you know, they went down to Mexico to build all the, to build all the sets and the ships and stuff. And of course, everything got destroyed afterwards. You know, they just thrown away. And I was thinking, what if Holly and and they were talking about, you know, like there were all the, you know, Cecil D, B. DeMille sets and all this stuff that they spent millions of dollars and brought craftsmen in, and it all just would get demolished. And I was thinking, what if instead of doing that, they like donated it to places so every time they built a big set you know they would give it to some place and have it set up and we would have this whole like the whole area around hollywood would just be like you know giant film sets <laughs> That'd be pretty here sweet. put this in front of your apartment well building. you know there there is a something like that i was gonna say the island of is it, is it where they filmed um you popeye know, uh 
Popeye in Popeye Village still stands. I would love to. Oh, my God. I would be so it's, happy it walking a, through Popeye yeah, Village. It's, it's, it's a tourist attraction now to go visit Popeye Village. It's the same village that they filmed. You know, Robert, was it Robert Altman did uh, Popeye? Yeah. Um, with Rob, with the late Robin Williams. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be taught it'd be great. I mean, the Rough House Cafe, the whole nine. It's like, man, that'd be cool. I wonder if you could, I wonder if you could, uh, you know, uh, visit the uh, the town of Evans City, Pennsylvania. It probably looks very similar now. I'm you going probably to probably a Walmart there now. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, the Crazies did have a Blu-ray release. I found it here. Um, it's like seventy bucks. So Ugh. it's just this. It's it's the Blue Under because it's on out of print. Blue Underground doesn't even exist anymore. Um, so pretty much until Scream Factory, Shout Factory, you know their their brand, Scream Factory, until they decide they want to release this again. Um, you know, the physical media end of this thing is kind of hard to get your hands on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love physical media, not $70 for, and I guarantee no. you, it's not like, it's not like it's digitally remastered. It's the same pressing I bet of the DVD just done on a Blu-ray disc. Yeah, so, probably. um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, cause I was thinking like, cause at the time I didn't have Blu-ray when, cause when they first started with, uh, Blu-rays were becoming available. It was at the very, very beginning of Blu-ray. So it's even a, a super early one. You know it's not that great. Like, it wasn't like all of a sudden they're like, let's get a 4K transfer of this thing. There is no 4K to transfer from. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You're lucky it's not pan and scan, for Christ's yeah. sake. Anyway, so, um, but yeah. So, oh, uh, God, speaking of pan and scan, Mark Kambach just posted up in my Pure Evils, he found on the archive.org, somebody posted up a full 70 millimeter cut of... Uh, it's like the three hour and 47 minute cut of uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Which I, I remember the, seeing um, originally in Pan and Scan as a kid. I was going to say the, um, the VHS copy, which was the it's two pan. that is, pan, is, well, that one has a lot that. Like the the VHS copy which I have, which used to be our father's, and then I inherited. I don't think you can get that version of the film in any other format other than that VHS because it's got scenes that were eliminated after the roadshow showings. It's got scenes that were, you know, added in after. It's it's like it's Frankenstein together, but it is the best, absolute best version of that movie because it's the most complete. I mean, part of the thing with It's a Mad, 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 Mad World is that it's supposed to be long. It's supposed to be one thing piled on top of another, ridiculous, piled on top of another. Yeah. Ridiculous after ridiculous. That's the whole point of it. So, you know, to watch it in a truncated form, to me, defeats some of the purpose of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. You know, one yeah. of my favorite bits of trivia about that is they went with five mads. Because they, they, it was originally called It's a Mad World, and then it became It's a Mad, Mad World, and then Mad, Mad, Mad World. And they finally ended up with five. And after the film was released, all the writers said, man, we should have gone with six. <laughs> now, I think, see, I think Mad works, per, or five works perfectly. It just has a rhythm. Maybe it's just because I've gotten used to that title right. being the way it is, but it doesn't, it sounds, it sounds right. It just, just feels right. It feels right. It's under a big W. <laughs> a what? Walnuts in out. bags! What? <laughs> My God, man, are you holding that stick? Tell me you're holding that stick. What stick? The wheel. Yes, I am yes. holding it. <laughs> well, that was that was a great movie to watch. I, I watched that movie at my grandparents with my father there, 
So I had my grandparents explaining who all the old timers were, and my father explaining to me who all the other people were. <laughs> There's a lot of explaining going on in that movie. You got a lot of explaining to do. Come on, kid! This is a this is a boat, not a car. This is a river. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I love Phil Silvers in that movie so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not it's not really topical for the vault, but man, I'd love to watch and cover it's a mad, 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 mad world. Every time it. every time I hear well, you know, I mean we can always just do an episode for it, call it something else. And and I'm saying Mark Kambach just put down the seventy millimeter movie with every version with everything in it. Yeah, it has to. It's three hours and forty seven minutes, yeah. right? That that was one and Jay, Jay will back me up on this where we'd have some mm-hmm. friends come over. Like, let's watch a movie. It's like, well, we're not watching The Odd Couple. We just watched that yesterday. It's like, let's watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It's not that long. <laughs> okay, so in all fairness, I'll be honest with you, we watched. We started watching them. We are so far afield here. Uh, we started watching It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And what happened was, um, and this might have been when Kelly and I first, like, just started. We weren't even dating. I was dating some other girl. I was dating Christine at the time, probably. And we start watching this, and we had to switch movies over. And Kelly had to get home. Cause she had to go play softball in the morning or some shit. So Russell and I drove her home uh, because Russell had to drive her home with me, whatever, you know, kind of thing. So we, we had to drive her home and he came back and finished it. Well, she never saw the second head, second uh, half of the movie. Yeah. Right. So it took us until I think we got married before she ever saw, or at least we were definitely dating. So it was like years later before she ever saw the second half of the movie. She goes, you never, <laughs> never see the end of that movie. Did they ever find the W? Right, we were, I think we were married at that point. Right, we were married at that point. So we put it on. She goes, "Well, I've seen all this. Where's the end of it?" So we had to watch the end of the movie, and the end of the movie is so absolutely funny. As crazy as being half of the movie is, when they're chasing them through the buildings and all that crazy stuff, that's just absolutely insane. Yeah, you know, falling off the clock uh, tower and all. Yeah, that. it's just it's absolutely it's just nuts. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh god. Anyway, that is so not the crazies, um, but. <laughs> But it is. It's mad. It's mad, mad, oh. mad, mad, mad. Well, originally, the crazies, besides being called Project Trixie, it was actually called The Mad People. That was one of the working titles that Romero had for this movie. Yeah. Um, I thankfully did not even go with that because, let's be honest, that sounds stupid. Let's uh, make a comedy good. remake called It's mm. It's the Crazy, 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 Crazies. <laughs> <laughs> with okay. every celebrity in the world in it. Yeah, well, and they all die. Yeah. And they all die. <laughs> Matt Damon first. <laughs> I, yeah, basically, just get uh, get uh, uh, Will Smith to go. Oh hell no! And then go, you know, get shot or something. No, Will Smith will get the. Oh. <laughs> Did I ever, ever tell you guys about the uh, my theory for making a modern uh, film adaptation of Thundar the Barbarian? No, no. I want I want to make a yes. film adaptation of Thunder the Barbarian, okay? And I want to make a big deal about casting Will Smith in the movie. And then what'll happen Uncle is the in, mock. no, not as Uncle the Mock, because that'll get you in trouble. <laughs> but uh, the uh, no, in the prologue in the in the fantastic year 1994, you know, when a runaway comet passes between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. You know that we see the Earth getting destroyed, and we see that big house on top of the hill that gets wiped out by the flood. I'm gonna have Will Smith playing himself sitting in that big house because he's got all his money, and just see all the water come up and go, "Oh hell no!" and then get wiped out. 
And then 3,000 years later, Earth is reborn with our incredibly white cast for the whitest whites use Universal Studios, you know? <laughs> we'll put Will Smith on the top of the poster. <laughs> oh, boy. We All right. Far Let's end this here. before we get me a five-page treatment and we're, we're off to the... <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. So, uh, but yeah, go go check out the crazies if you're if you're a fan of George Romero's movie and you haven't seen the crazies, go check it out. You you can find it. It's it's really worth your time. It's a it, it's a very very brisk, hundred and three minutes. It really moves along. This is a this is top top notch kind of Romero style that you know realistic you know documentarian horror. It's a great great little science fiction horror movie. Good yep, stuff. Not an ounce of fat in it. Yeah. So they didn't have they didn't have any money to put the fat in, so <laughs> right, exactly. It right it's fat yeah. free. Yeah. Indulge. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.